Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I got the Oscar. I got the Emmy. I got the two Tonys. I've done Broadway. I've done off-Broadway. I've done TV. I've done film. I've done all of it. I have a career that's probably comparable to Meryl Streep, Julianne Moore, let's Sigourney Weaver. They all came out of Yale. They came out of Juilliard. They came out of NYU. They had the same path as me. And yet, I am nowhere near them. Not as far as money, not as, as far as job opportunities, nowhere close to it. But I have to get on that phone and people say, you're a black Meryl Streep. There is no one like you. Okay, then if there's no one like me, you think I'm that, you pay me what I'm worth. You give me what I'm worth. Welcome to You Love to See It, Fanbyte's movie review podcast. Every month, we pick a theme, and every week, we watch a movie. And then we decide where it belongs in our delightful neighborhood video store. If it's a high-level professional job, and it makes its way onto our staff pick shelf. If it's no, you know, great alderman, but it's no slouch either, and thus earns a spot in our totally acceptable middle aisle. Or if it's nothing but a shitty good-for-nothing dude, and needs to hang out in our dreaded dumpster where nothing has ever smelled okay ever, not even a little bit. Uh, working the counter here today, we have yours truly, Danielle, I wish I was 6'3", Riendo, that's me. And I also have my incredible partner in crime here, I think it's fair to say, Fernanda, you need to watch how you talk to me, Praches. How are you today, Fernanda? I'm doing good. I'm also not six foot three, which is disappointing. Yeah. But making it work. Making it work. Making it work. We're we're all kind of making it work here today. <laughs> we're we're doing our best, you know. That's that's kind of what go, what's what's going on. And of course, this month is payday May. And I'm gonna tell you we do have a little bit of a twist on payday May, but here's our usual payday May intro. I'm gonna read it for you anyway. Uh, where we are watching movies where an actor infamously got a massive paycheck from a movie, according to Hollywood legend and or the reporting we could find on the subject. So it's a lot of movies about big budgets, big egos, big bold spectacles, all the way about payday May. Now, however, this week we are watching Widows, which is a very intense thriller about a bunch of women who were widowed by their con man husbands, uh, featuring Viola Davis in the central role with some other really incredible performances. I'm gonna shout out Michelle Rodriguez and Daniel Kaluuya right now uh, in just a huge ensemble of excellent actors. But really, this is kind of Viola Davis's show and we chose it for her for the very deliberate purpose during Payday May uh, to kind of highlight that actresses of color routinely get paid so much less than white women and so much less than white men, even for something that is like an incredible, amazing, just absolutely groundbreaking performance like we kind of have here. So instead of payday May, this is kind of like should be payday May, but wasn't. Uh, So that's kind of what we're doing this week. Uh, And Fernanda, I don't know if you want to 
talk a little bit about how you found this one just in the intro here, just because I know this was uh, your research that kind of led us to Viola here, to Viola Davis. Yeah, so I was, we had this thought, I, th- I believe it was uh, Paul who uh, suggested it uh, last week that yeah. we switched it up a bit because we were actually talking like, oh, maybe we should, we we had two white dudes uh, kicking off uh, the month and maybe we should switch it up a bit and see if we can find a woman and not just a woman, maybe a woman of color. And then yeah. uh, we kind of realized that we don't really have uh, that many examples yeah. of women of color who got paid massive uh, uh paychecks for a movie or a performance and then we decided okay let's switch it up and I thought it would be I was trying to find actually an example of a movie uh that had like just an egregious example of being underpaid uh of a woman being underpaid especially compared to their uh male counterparts and that turned out to be actually a very difficult task first of all because it's not that easy to know exactly how much a star got paid for a movie um but yeah like all the rankings and posts that i found of like oh these hollywood women like women who are severely underpaid women who are scandalously underpaid compared to like all of those lists were 98 percent white women yeah and (laughs) when there were women of color i found mostly tv um i think the two biggest examples were tracy ellis ross from blackish and uh arden show for i believe teen wolf and i believe she actually quit the show over uh paid dispute but yeah Yeah. like so it was very hard to actually find one example uh and the one big example i kept running into was interestingly enough connected to a white woman which was uh, octavia spencer um after having a conversation with jessica chastain finding out that she was getting paid like at least like five times less uh than an actual oscar winner uh should be getting paid and jessica chastain started really campaigning uh for octavia and kind of like putting her money where her mouth was was uh and i believe she took a pay cut i don't there was a story about a movie they were supposed to do together i don't know if that actually even happened uh but yeah so even that whole thing was like connected to jessica chastain in a way and even octavia spencer talked about like how um you know, amazed she was that Jessica Chastain really, really uh, stood up for her in that way. But yeah, so I wasn't, uh, there was Taraji P. Henson getting paid yeah. uh, very, very little for her role in uh, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was like early on, earlier on in her career, especially uh, compared to Brad Pitt and, and Kate Blanchett. And the one interview I kind of found with her talking about it, she was like, ah, I'm not complaining. Like I was at a different stage of my career, something like that. Um but yeah, so it ended up being very hard. And I think a lot of it, like what I try to think about was like, why is it so hard? Why are we like so quick to be scandalized by Jennifer Lawrence and Amy Adams getting paid uh, less than Christian Bale and um, I think it was Bradley Cooper in American yeah. Hustle. Uh, yeah. Why do we have those at Michelle Williams getting, she, her case was bizarre. She got paid so much less than Mark Wahlberg from yeah. uh, for uh, all the money in the world and 
both for the movie and for the reshoots that the movie required. But and why are we like so scandalized by all of that? And there we are not running into all these other examples. I'm sure they're out there because if you look at the list of highest uh, earning actors in Hollywood, first of all, you're not going to see many women there, but uh, you're yeah. certainly not going to see uh, many women of color. Uh, yeah. I think the most recent one I kind of saw Zoe Saldana in one list out there, uh, which makes sense because she is uh, in a very in several very high grossing um, franchises. But yeah, yes. so yeah. all of this to say, how did we get to uh, Widows and Viola Davis was uh, because Viola is a, has been a very big voice for uh, the the pay gap uh, against the pay gap. And, and she's spoken up about the lack of opportunity uh, for not only women of color, but women of color uh, of a certain age and the difficulties mm -hmm. of getting roles, um, you know, for that don't fit into certain very narrow stereotypes, like fully fleshed out, legitimately interesting characters. Uh, like the one that she got, for instance, in How to Get Away with Murder, which I fucking hate, but I think that... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not gonna lie, I hate that show with uh, every fiber of my being, but I do understand what she's saying when she talks about Annalise Keating being a more complex character um, than the ones that she'd had the opportunity to have in her career and many women in her position. Uh, and we'll, I'm sure, talk a lot more about uh, about her and some of her stances and some of the amazing things she has said, uh, she has yeah. said publicly. But yeah, so we kind of landed on her. Uh, and then we decided to go with Widows kind of together. I suggested Widows because I hadn't seen it. It's a more recent movie. Um, and neither of us had watched it. So we ended up yeah. landing on it. But that's how we ended up. With this movie and with uh, Viola, who has been an amazing voice uh, for for women of color in Hollywood. Yeah, absolutely. And and normally we don't go, you know, in depth in the intro about like how we selected a movie necessarily. But I think it was worth it this time because it was like, yeah, we wanted to do something a little bit different this week. And Fernanda, as always, thank you so much for doing so much research and looking into things and, you know, just doing your homework so well. <laughs> I really Thank really you. appreciate it. And, I uh, mean, it could be yeah. that there are several examples and I'm just bad at Googling, in which case, <laughs> friends on the Discord, feel free to let me know. Just let us but know, you know? <laughs> But I did try several different searches and kept coming across the same freaking list uh, over and over. But yeah, yeah. it was, was an interesting exercise and it got me thinking uh, about a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate that you did it. And also that we're talking about this movie that I'm so excited to dive into with you here. Something happened tonight, something bad. Mr. Mulligan, your family's been involved in Harry's life for many years. I need help. I don't see what I can do. Our husbands aren't coming back. We're on our own. My husband left me the plans for his next job. All I need is a crew to pull it off. Why should we trust you anyway? Because I'm the only one standing between you and a bullet in your head. That's what I've learned from men like your late husband. And my father, is that you reap what you sow. Let's hope so. 
Uh, and of course, we're going to start out here in our first segment, our first a proper segment called Setting the Scene, uh, where we introduce the movie at hand and we have a little bit of a spoiler-free chat about it and our sort of history with it. But I'm going to give you just a little quick synopsis and then we'll get back into sort of, oh, what are our history is with the movie. So here's what I read. I said, Widows is a thriller that starts with a gang of crime dudes. I don't know how, I don't know. You know, a gang of crime dudes. They're crime dudes. They're, they're crime dudes. That's all we know. Dudes, right? We don't need more. We're <laughs> so not we here got, for the dudes. <laughs> we got crime dudes in Chicago. They kind of got screwed on a job and they all die. Like a job goes bad. They all die. And then the movie focuses on their wives left behind and the messes that the shitty and they're, listen, the only spoiler I'll say, they're all <laughs> shitty dudes. They're all bad men. They're all bad dudes. Uh, all shitty guys left for these women, the, the kind of messes that they left for these women, their struggles. And these women, like they're planned to kind of do something about it. And it is all set against a backdrop of a like really intense and ugly political fight. Uh, in a hotly contested alderman election uh, in an impoverished ward in Chicago with some pretty intense racial and class politics that are playing out in a lot of ways in the film. And I, I would say uh, in some pretty cool ways, some pretty interesting ways that that's put together. But that's what this movie is. And Fernanda, it sounds like you had not seen it before, but did you have any history with it? Did you know anything about it? Did you have any feelings about it before we went into it? Uh, not really. Like the only thing was when I suggested it like, out loud and we were still discussing in the group because we could have watched Shape of Water and stuff like uh, my husband was like, oh, I love this movie. You got to watch it and you're going to love it. And then I yeah. started just reading the cast and I'm like, how everybody yeah. is in the literally everybody is in this. Robert fucking <laughs> Duvall is in this movie. Yeah, and I'm sure like, is. who is the old, <laughs> who is the old guy? And then he's like, uh, that's literally Robert Duvall, which yep. reminded me of the mass singer when uh, Nicole Schrezinger saw Rudy Giuliani and was like, is that Robert Duvall? Um, <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> That was me with the literal <laughs> that ha that happened. Yeah, I that was me. With <laughs> am screaming. That is amazing. <laughs> that was me with the literal Robert Duvall. But you have Colin Farrell, a uh, paper boy uh, from Atlanta, <laughs> who yeah. will forever be paper boy. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya. I had totally forgotten. I had seen the trailer, but I had forgotten that Michelle Rodriguez was in it. And I will go ahead and, and just assume we are a Michelle Rodriguez uh, friendly show. Oh, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I'm a big fan. <laughs> I'm actually a big fan. I'm not even just friendly. I like I I just generally I'm not saying everything she's ever done is perfect. Yeah, I was at all <laughs> by any means. Listen, let's be clear. I'm not saying everything is perfect, but I like yeah. her in general. Okay. So exactly. I'm just putting that out Me there. Too. Okay. She's right. she's just perfect and amazing. We've established our fandom in the blue crush, but it was nice to uh Exactly. To see her again. And she was actually shitty in the Blue Crush, remember? And we we're like, no, whatever. She can do whatever she wants. She's Michelle Rodriguez. We'll allow it. Yeah, it was that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much it. I just like remember uh, I saw the trailer like in the movies once and kind of thought, oh, wow, that's like a good cast. And it never. And Liam Neeson, of course, and um, the Punisher, whose name I forgot, but who John Barenthal, in this movie. I think. Yes. Yes. Is it John Barenthal or am I thinking of someone else and I put him in? I could be, I could be wrong. I think it's John Barenthal. Yeah, it's him. You're okay, correct. thank you. Our producer, Paul. Is, uh, I keep confirming. forgetting his name every time. I just call him the Punisher. Yeah. Um, 
Fair. <laughs> That's I am terrible with names. I just go by characters. Uh so that's there are worse things to be uh, remembered as, but uh, yeah. So really had no like uh, ties with the movie. Just like reading the cast list and then watching it after reading the cast list, I was still surprised. Like people kept appearing. And I'm like, oh, Daniel Kaluuya is in this. Like literally, I just read that ten minutes ago, but just seeing right? it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just a very interesting star-studded movie that um, we'll talk about in detail uh, shortly, but. I don't I'm I'm now regretting not having watched it before, but I am glad that I got to watch it to discuss it with you because I feel like there's a rich text. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. I had never seen it before either. So this is both of our first times watching it. And I kind of went in pretty fresh. Like to be honest, I like you had kind of proposed this. I just sort of took a look at some screens and some like and a little bit of the cast list. I was like, I'm in, let's do it. And so yeah, just went in fresh not knowing a damn thing. And it's so, I, I just, the one thing I'll say before we kind of get into it is that it's so weird to watch movies that are from the sort of modern era, but pre-pandemic. Like any yeah. like 2017 to 2020 movies are the weirdest fucking thing to watch right now. Cause it's like, all right, everybody yeah. has like the right phone and everything where it doesn't feel like it's from <laughs> a long time ago. I, I'm making such a, I don't, I don't know if it's 2017, but it, it, this, tell me if this is crazy, but there is like a weirdness to be like, oh, there was a, a world before this and it wasn't that long ago and holy yeah. shit. And yeah, this is like a 2018 movie. So it's, it's very much like, oh, it's modern in all of its sensibilities and all the things that are happening, but pre pandemic, which means it, yeah. it's from 4,000 years ago. So pretty wild thing. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think it'll be no surprise to say I'm, I'm pretty high on this movie. I think it's a very well done piece, but we're going to get into that and we're about to go into our spoiler filled section. Here, it's going to be the stripping it down section. And this is where we're going to have lots of spoilers. We're going to talk about all kinds of things. I might want to just put a content warning here as well. Uh, we might be talking about domestic abuse, uh, some mm -hmm. racism, some sexism, some just overall violence. So just putting that one out there. Uh, content warning for these things. So this movie, this movie, Fernanda, it's working on a lot of levels here, right? Like, I feel yeah. like, it, first of all, it's like a really good thriller. I think a very good thriller uh, that kind of starts with a bang. It actually starts with a bite, which I thought was like, oh, is this because of The Grey, which is a Liam Neeson movie where he has to fight off wolves. It's actually a pretty good movie, believe it or not. But I was like, oh, are we doing that? Um, Honestly, I'm like Liam Neeson fighting wolves. Sure, why not? <laughs> it's honestly, like, legit. It's, like, a fairly depressing movie, but it's pretty decent. It's, like, I don't know. I want to say it's, like, 2005 or six. Like, it's not from, like, 200 years oh, okay. ago. And it's, like, a pretty good, like, actually really scary thriller where he's in a plane crash in Alaska. Like, he works on the pipeline, and he and a bunch of his buddies have to just try to survive. And they're in, like, wolf country, and they get eaten by wolves. It's pretty wild. Oh, anyway, God, sold. I'm Honestly, sorry, I'm going to have to pause this this show now yeah, right? and go watch this. I'm so <laughs> sold on this entire premise. It's if I if I'm not like completely remembering incorrectly, I it's pretty fucking good and I actually really like it. But yeah. Anyway, completely different movie because this is a movie about dudes being shitty and women yeah. doing their thing. 
Like that's kind of the thesis <laughs> of this movie. That and also yeah. politics are bad. I think these are the two <laughs> kind of things that are happening here. And in the middle of it all, we have Viola Davis as a widow who is someone who is grieving both the loss of her son that we see in the movie mm-hmm. and the loss of her husband that she loves so very much. And then big, big spoiler time. Oh, he actually faked his own death and he's a piece of shit. So like, it's all <laughs> just bad things are happening to Viola Davis. Like that's all. She's, this yeah. is a person who did not catch a single break yeah. uh, throughout this movie, except yeah. that her dog remained, spoiler alert, yeah. the dog does not die. Cause that's, that's what I was fearing. The yep. Same. I was like, oh no, Olivia. Oh no, Olivia. Oh, Do Olivia. Not- do not dare. Do not dare. Hasn't she been through enough? She's been Let through enough. Let us keep the dog. That was like me yeah. the entire... Uh, oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> and like, also, like, the tone of this movie is pretty fucking serious. Like, this is like yeah. a very intense thriller. It's two hours and nine minutes long, and it's intense for pretty much the whole thing. But the mm-hmm. dog did bring some humor yeah. that was much needed. <laughs> There's like a few moments of levity in this movie and most of them revolve around the dog. Yeah. Uh, the dog so having a human name helped. Olivia. And she's like a little poof. Like she's a tiny poof. You know, she's, she's like this white little <laughs> fluffy thing. And I, <laughs> and it is hilarious when you're like just serious, like Olivia, come here. It's, <laughs> if it was like, I don't know, Mrs. Puffy Legs, like it wouldn't have the same effect. <laughs> It needed to be a human name. It's really for it true. To be delivered. Olivia <laughs> so, yeah. has great presence. You know, <laughs> Olivia is wonderful. You know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's a pretty intense, pretty serious movie, and it starts right out with a lot of serious shit happening. We see mm-hmm. the sort of um, the heist gone wrong, whatever the job gone wrong. We see these guys dying, and we also, but we also see these little introductions of these women with their husbands. And they're all assholes. One is a straight up abuser. Like he abuses. Yeah. Uh, a, the Punisher. Uh, yeah. Jen Berenthal. Yeah. The Punisher character is a straight John up Bertha. abusive pile of yeah. shit. So I didn't mind when he got shot. Sorry. Sorry. Not sorry. Didn't mind. <laughs> I, li- didn't I literally mind. said the same thing watching the movie because yeah. obviously I knew they would all die. Like that's the, yeah, na- that's the like literal the name of the yeah, movie is Widows. So yeah. you kind of know what's coming. But uh, the minute they, they opened the scene and she had the black eye and he's like, yeah. oh, hi, that it makes me feel bad looking at it. I'm like, you know what? I know you're going to die and I'm happy. You yeah, piece it's of like, shit. Nah, it's no problem. That's cool. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Punisher. Like we've come. This is this is a departure from yeah. your uh, hero background. Mr. Yep. Punisher, man. Mr. Um, Punisher. Yeah. Um, and. We also see Carlos, who is Linda's husband, and he, like, clearly is a piece of crap because he's just, like, wasting the family's money. And, like, yeah. she has her own business and she, you know, is trying to be independent, but he, mm-hmm. he just sucks and is sucking away the money. And we see that she is treated very badly as well by her mother-in-law. And it's just, like, she can't get a fucking break either. And neither yeah. can, um, is her name Alicia in the movie? Uh, or am I thinking of the actress's name? Oh, the blonde one is Alice. Alice, right. And Alice is literally abused by her husband and her mother. And like, these women can't get a fucking break. There's also Belle, who we will meet a little bit later on. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm just kind of introducing the players here (laughs) a little bit. But it seems like in such a giant ensemble, maybe it's okay to do so. There's Belle, who is like my second favorite character, who I loved so much, who is, I think, a young queer woman. I think. I think it's sort of implied that she has a partner. Buff as fuck and runs between her jobs. She has like multiple jobs, is always hustling to like provide for, I think, her partner and her daughter. And like, 
literally runs places. Like that's how she goes from place to place is like she's running and boxing and like super buff and like this is how she's coping with the world. So I yeah, I just really liked her. She was great. Um, we also have the shitty dudes. We talked about the shitty crime dudes. There's also um, shitty politics Jitem. dudes. Yes, shitty politics dudes. Uh, the horrible white shitty politics dudes are a hyper racist Robert Duvall. I mean, not him himself. Sorry, his name is like, John Mulligan or something in the movie. I don't want to say Robert Duvall is a horrible racist. That's a mean thing to say about a real person. The character he plays is like a horrific racist who... Drops um, the N-word with reckless abandon. Drops the N-word, which is something I actually do want to talk about for sure. uh, Because it is something that I have like... I'm of two minds about when it comes up in a movie like this. But Yeah. um, yeah. Which is... He's like a shitty, horrific racist who was famous for like, oh, being a good union guy and like being, you know, being on the side of progress and all this horrible shit where it's like, it's just complete bullshit, right? Like yeah. he he has, he basically thinks he always has the black vote and like acts like it and like is a horrific racist, like yeah. in every way. And it's like just so cynical the way he obviously like counts on this vote even though he's an awful awful person and his shithead son who like maybe is slightly less racist i'm not sure i mean it's a fucking race to the bottom with racists right where it's like (laughs) they're all bad i i don't know like he's awful too he's a fucking horrible person who maybe has slightly better intentions but maybe not it doesn't matter they're all bad yeah, uh, and that's Colin uh, Farrell, who's playing the son, Jack Mulligan, who's going yeah. for Alderman. And there's Jamal and Jatem on the other side who are also, well, uh, Jamal is running for uh, the same position. And yeah. He's a, a black dude. Um, and like his... His paper boy. He has a background. It's paper boy, right? It's paper boy. And he has a background uh, in, in running, you know, a, another crime uh, yeah. syndicate basically and Jatem who's Daniel Kaluuya is his like heavy like his enforcer basically and maybe the most terrifying like person in this movie that, that I mean I don't know also range. a racist horrible old man is also terrifying so I don't want to like yeah but holy shit this character is ice cold in the way he like you know does violence does a violence on people he, he does several uh, oftentimes violences. on like fairly vulnerable people and like he does it in this way and I know this is another thing we might want to talk about but with this cadence of being like playful and chill and charming and he's obviously like such a handsome dude he's a very good looking dude (laughs) like he just is right and then boom like we'll you know, murder someone or hurt someone. Like he's just <laughs> he like, like this. He looks like he'll Ooh. shoot you, but Robert Duvall looks like he'll use like his old man's strength and like strangle you right. while looking right. you in the eye. Exactly. And it's hard to, exactly. <laughs> it's They're hard both to terrifying, right? Like, <laughs> They're both scary in very different ways. Uh, so yes, yes. Yeah. And Daniel Kaluuya, like this is an actor with range because I'm Holy so used shit, to thinking yeah. of him as like, chill dude. He, he to me, uh, like just screams boyfriend material. Yes, absolutely. Right? He seems very like the kind of guy that like he has these kind eyes and you're going to like hang out and have one of those like cute little montages in like an amusement park and you get you a big teddy bear. Like that's that's but he'll also like mock you, but in a very friendly and nice way just to like 
have some humor and he'll like mock the way you, you, you shoot at things at the amusement park. You know, maybe I thought this, uh, maybe I thought about this a little too much. Maybe who knows? Uh, I'm a married lady can't confirm nor deny, but he does have that vibe normally. And then he goes to this like stone cold sociopath yeah. and he's so convincing that it's, it's terrifyingly good acting. Yeah. Like when I see good acting, like when I see convincing acting like this in such extremes, I'm like, this might be an actual sociopath. I don't know. Again, big accusation to make about Daniel Kaluuya, who <laughs> remains, despite this movie, my imaginary boyfriend. Just saying. Yeah. And Paul, it, producer Paul also made a good point about you kind of did make a Mariah Carey video there with Fantasy. Daniel, <laughs> which is pretty great. I'm pretty happy about it. Like, I'm, I am I, want to go there. Like, that's a pretty good place to go. Who doesn't want to live in the fantasy video? Like, Honestly? Just say. It's just the clown. The only Columbia. thing we can get rid of there is the clown, I guess. That was a little... The clown's a lot, I guess. But <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I feel like as a culture, we're like... We're also looking back on clowns and assessing the need for them as a society. But that's, that's a, a subject. Good point. <laughs> it's a really good point, though. I'm there with you. I just saw the John Wayne Gacy documentary on Netflix, so I'm 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 currently very biased against clowns. Yeah. Uh, at the current uh, state of affairs. Yeah. I, but yeah, I, Daniel Kaluuya is is very convincing uh, as the. I think he's actually Paperboy's brother. Um, yes, he and, is. Yeah. 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 And right hand man. And Paperboy, like I started the movie kind of wanting to like him. And yeah, then, same. Like, he tries to strangle Olivia, the dog. When he's bad with like, the dog, mm. that's when he loses me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Like, I don't <laughs> mind that you you have a like a whole criminal connection, bro. It's just but but when you're mean to the dog, I, that's where yeah. I, I, I lost you, man. Yeah. So I draw that <laughs> line here. Yeah, the such dog was my line. <laughs> the dog was my line. <laughs> Such a millennial way of thinking. Like, That's I'm okay true. with, like, watching all these murders unfold. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to see a dog in distress. Don't you hurt that dog. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It is an amazing cast. Like, I feel like everybody carries, even Amanda, who appears for, like, a second, right. uh, carries yeah. her weight uh, by being a piece of shit, Amanda, yeah. too, uh, in this movie. Yeah. Amanda sucks. It's really true. And uh, yeah, it has a lot of implications there as well uh, with what's going on with the sort of the main grieving relationship. Um, I want to talk about sort of two big things in terms of the sort of structure of the movie. And I saw this happening with a lot of things. There's a lot of scenes that are sort of mirrored like early on and then later on. So there's a couple Mm -hmm. of scenes. There's one with Viola. Uh, Davis, very early on. Her name's Veronica in the movie. I, I'll probably try to call her Veronica, uh, where Veronica is like just trying to get her shit together. She's grieving. We we realize later on both her son and now her husband grieving. She's sobbing. She's choking on these sobs and she's like trying to breathe and get through it. And she like has this moment. I think it's right before the funeral. And we just see her mm-hmm. like suffering and getting under control. And we see yeah. that again towards the very end of the movie when many, many horrible things have happened to her. She's made this incredible plan. She's been threatened. She's learned that her husband that she thought was dead fucking faked his own death because he's a pile of shit and, like, completely fucked over his crew. And now he's going to go have a baby with fucking Amanda. Like, he's going to go have his white family. Like, that's basically what it is. He's a piece of shit. He hits Veronica. And we have this moment where she's able to shoot him and she does the same thing. She has this moment of breathing. Like... She has a moment of breathing. 
where she's getting it under control, she's getting herself together, and then she's able to frame him for a, for a content warning, content warning, content warning, uh, death by suicide, and then literally drives off with explosions in the background. Like a fucking badass. Like, so we see this mirrored, this like, I'm having the worst experience of my life and I breathe through it and I get through it and I do the thing. We also have a couple of, a pair of scenes that really, really spoke to me with uh, her and, why do I keep forgetting her name? It's like she's so tall, I forget her name. Alice, so (laughs) sorry. Amazon lady, our new Amazon overlord. I'm so sorry. Will be the leader of your lesbian (laughs) commune. Oh, like a hundo! Like she, she is definitely (laughs) leading a lesbian commune after this movie. That's how I choose to believe that she lives her life. I'm not even joking, but yeah, Uh, she, she and uh, Veronica have a really intense scene uh, where they are antagonizing each other to an extent, Um, like really just not understanding each other, yelling at each other, slapping each other, and then they have an Mm -hmm. understanding, like a deep deep understanding yeah. and like appreciation for each other. And that's also kind of the final scene in the movie where they see yeah. each other across the way, like across the restaurant and their lives are now separated. And then it ends on this moment of like understanding, like how are you doing? Like this beautiful yeah. moment. So this movie is very interested in symmetry, I think, and sort of what's kind of going on between the scenes is very important. And I also, I'm going to stop talking because this is something we both had in our notes and I want to hear your perspective on it. But there are many scenes that are framed and shot in a, in a particular way where it's sort of like, it's not necessarily traditional. You might be hearing one thing and seeing another thing. That's kind of what's going on. And it's not like an L cut or anything. It's like, oh, you're in the scene with the characters. You're just not framed on the characters. So there is one particular one that really struck me where it's shitty, it's younger white politician asshole uh, talking to his assistant slash, I guess, girlfriend? Or Lover? Yeah, we don't know. But that that scene, because that yeah. to me was... So that scene is interesting for several reasons. First of all, we only see this woman as his doormat. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't say anything. She seems like this assistant who just takes shit, who just runs around, uh, you know, Getting uh, coffee, doing whatever. Basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, being the, the putting out the fires around uh, Jack Mulligan. And... In the scene, it's when we actually first hear her and she's completely assertive. She's swearing yeah. a lot and she's basically yelling to freaking uh, Jack, who's like, I don't know, cry me a river. I don't want this for myself. Like I've I've and used also being po- racist here. Also being also racist. Also being of racist. Course. Yeah. So the whole First of all, let's approach the visual aspect of the scene. They get into a car, uh, leaving a commitment, and we don't see them because the shot is just the side of the car going through the neighborhood. And I thought that was absolutely brilliant because it really gave weight to the words and to the dialogue in a way that we might not have. It could have just been a scene of two people in a car saying shit. Right, uh, yeah. Which is fine too, <laughs> but like, right. And the, I, I, I was. It's such a simple thing, but I was really impressed. I was like, this is like really impactful to me for some reason. Just having their voices and their dialogue, and in this dialogue, yeah, we start with Jack Mulligan. We know we've established it's, that is really truly racist uh, because they just he just throws an N word there in a very horrible like. Yeah conversation very casually so like we've established that and in this scene he goes and asks um what we thought was his assistant but uh, like we're saying apparently something else um yeah if she's she's ever slept with a black guy right and she's just like 
all this shit is happening and you're worried about his dick being bigger than yours. Right. And if that is not the entire movie, if that is not discussing sort of like the power dynamics of the movie, I actually found a very interesting review on Pajiba, which I didn't know, a website, Pajiba. And uh, Roxana Haddadi wrote a review called Everyone in Widows is Scrambling for Power and Disrupting a Classist and Sexist Status Quo is the Way to Do It. It's a lot. I can't read all of it. Go there and read it. It's uh, an actually <laughs> yeah. pretty good review. Uh, nice. But um, the the sort of like the the it does touch on the main theme that all these men and women are searching for power in their own way. Yes. Uh, and the richness to me is on how what that power looks like for all these different people. Uh, power for the Robert Duvall character is owning the city as he has for ages and now having his son uh, own the city, right? Having this empire with his family. And for Colin Farrell, Jack Mulligan, when he starts talking about how he doesn't want this for himself, uh, it seems like he wants a different idea of power. It's not that he wants to relinquish it. He just doesn't want all the the political attachments that come with it. And for, you know, the Michelle Rodriguez character, the power comes in having her own business, And having a way to sustain her kids. And with the L character, um, as we talked about, she's hustling and trying to provide for her daughter, working as a babysitter, uh, as, you know, in a salon. And but we also see her punching bags. We also see her physicality. So maybe that's what power looks like to her. So this is all like to me. The, one of the most interesting aspects uh, of of the movie because we have that from the point of view of what this power looks uh, to women and men, but also from a racial perspective, right? Because yeah. we have the speech when Paperboy, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Paperboy. Uh, in which he talks about, you know, like his brother, uh, psychopathic Daniel Kaluuya character, he talks about <laughs> like, oh, we make a lot more than what you're going to make in the salary uh, doing whatever crime shit that we do. And then yeah. he talks about like, but I don't want this. I want what they have. Yeah. So it's all He wants different... a piece of everything. That's kind of his exactly. thing. It's like wanting to own a piece of everything, not just have his like separate thing, basically. Yeah. 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 yeah Cause he's like, they don't, their, their, their money doesn't come from this. Their money comes from them being corrupt assholes who steal. Yeah. Um, yep. And that's why when they they can pull off the heist of stealing from the Robert Duvall character, because that's ultimate uh, ultimately the heist. Like when the Liam Neeson character we believe is that Harry, uh, when he dies, he leaves a notebook and um, Veronica finds it and she understands that there was a plan to steal these five million dollars. And it's brilliant because these are it's like hush deviated money. So it's not like you can go to the police and be like, hey, they stole this money from me. Um, totally legal money that I just happen to have in a safe in my house uh, for no reason. Not that I'm hiding it from Texas or anything. Right. Um, yeah. Just <laughs> chilling here. I just thought it was cool to have a very high tech safe hiding this completely legitimate stuff. But yeah. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> all of this to say, tying back to that small little scene that we were talking about, and I just went on a tangent, but. Uh, the scene we have this uh, woman also, and again, this is another t- uh, testament to like how interestingly the female characters were approached here, who yeah. seems like this personality-less, uh, personality-less 
doormat, who takes shit from uh, Jack, who takes shit from Jack's dad, who basically takes shit from everyone. She's kind of like behind Jack in this whole thing. And being like, get your shit together. Like, this is the home stretch. We need this. Um, And Jack being revealed, this guy who runs this entire fucking uh, city, being revealed as this, like, small and insecure fucking fail son. And (laughs) this is all conveyed in just words while we see a car going through a neighborhood. To me, it's just brilliant. It's just very much uh, sets the tone. And after that scene, we again don't see the lady say anything. Yeah. Like she is just She's back again, to it almost. Yeah. Back to the character. It's so freaking interesting. And the yeah. richness to me, like the main thing, I love the way that they chose to, because it's a two hour and 10 movie. I, it's not that long. I will admit when I saw it, I was like, that's so I long. did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> But it doesn't yeah. feel long. Um, and they, they're they able to introduce all these types of women that I feel like you... Part of me kind of wishes we had more time to dig into it, to yeah. go into their universes. But at the same time, I think you would have detracted from what the movie is actually about and from the pacing and the fact that it is ultimately uh, an action thriller. But yeah. I love this. I love that we have this little assistant, meek assistant lady who turns out to be like a fucking asshole just like the guys that she's working for and then we also have uh alice's mom who is abusive toward alice so it's not like oh all women are amazing and great and girl power they're doing everything perfect it's like no we also have this shitty woman who happens to be an abusive lady who had to learn how to live as a woman in her own terms too so it's very rich all of it is very rich yeah I, i completely yeah like today i'm thinking I woke up thinking about the movie and sort of unpacking the things I didn't think about while watching it. And like it's it grew on me overnight. Yeah, Um, absolutely. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. And I was um, and I'll say this. I was actually pretty worried um, because I was enjoying this movie a lot. I was really, Mm -hmm. really drawn in pretty much right away. I really, really enjoying the performances, really enjoying some of these tonal shifts that we have. Mm -hmm. Again, this sort of, uh, you know, Jitam being like this. this asshole sociopath who like plays with his prey a little bit, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. We have that. And then we have like these women who are grieving and doing their best and kind of almost doing like a, God, I put this in my notes, but there's a way in which this movie feels like a very dark hustlers, like very dark, like, you know, a bunch of ladies who have been fucking screwed and like treated like shit who are taking it back for themselves. And yes, they're Mm kind of doing a bad thing in their own way, maybe sort of, I mean, it's not bad to steal from a piece of shit. So I'm not trying to say, oh, it's the same thing as like drugging, you know, the, <laughs> the fine, the finance guys, not the yeah. same exact thing, but I'm just trying to make some parallels here in terms of like, yeah, a group of women who've been treated like shit and they're kind of taking it back for themselves. Yeah. Um, just a little bit of the same, same, same energy, but like wildly different tone. Obviously this is much darker this is much, much deeper in terms of the politics of it, not just the, you know, uh, you know, capital P politics, but the lowercase P, like the racial politics and the yeah. class politics that are going on here, too. Uh, but like, yeah, like a much darker version of, of something like that. Right. <clears throat> and it's also very much um, I, I just wanted to say, like, very, very, very much interesting in terms of the sort of class politics that are going on here too. Like mm-hmm. it's very clear that Viola's character, that Veronica is like a very well off person, right? Like yes. Harry was the boss of the crime 
guys, <laughs> whatever yeah. the fuck, right? He made the most money and he, you know, she gets to, you know, kind of have that a little bit, right? Whereas the other women are completely desperate the minute their husbands, you know, are are killed and yeah. they have to pay the debts of their shitty husbands, like immediately, basically. Um, and Alice has to become... An escort? Yeah, she becomes an escort to, like, a very rich man who... We were saying this, um, like, before we recorded this show, and he's a piece of shit, too, but he's maybe the least shitty guy. <laughs> or, I guess, Bash. Bash is the least shitty guy who is, a, is a man a, who, yeah. who struggles with... It's not really clear... Rest in uh, peace, Bash. Rest in peace, Bash. But, like, Bash has had some sort of, like, a, a brain... Uh, trauma or something like he clearly has to take a lot of medication. Something has yeah. happened to him in his life where he works for Harry and now and then he he ends up working for uh, Veronica. He he does no evil. Like Bash is just a nice guy, I guess. But yeah, but yeah, there's this really interesting tension there as well among the sort of like the women who are truly desperate right away, and then Veronica who is desperate because she is being threatened. But she's not desperate in terms of like, oh, you're going to just lose everything and have to kind of, you know, rely on whatever is around you, which is very much the idea of like the cycle of poverty. The only truly impoverished character is probably Belle, uh, who's working, you know, she's working all these jobs and running between them and exhausted all the time just to make ends meet. And that's also like a, a, a real vibe in this movie too, yeah. right? Like we're talking around poverty a lot in this movie. Like the movie is talking around poverty a lot. And the, actually the event that they're going from in that car scene that we talked about is like mm -hmm. a clearly like horseshit, like, oh, we're empowering, yeah, empowering women of women. color. Yep. We give them so much money to make their independent businesses. Like that's yeah. where the shitty politicians are doing. And like, yeah, the reality is like they have to give all these kickbacks and it's, it's really fucked up. But, you know, there's a woman who owns the hair salon that Belle works in who talks yeah. about like, this is this is like the best I could do kind of thing. Like yeah. where she's just like, I'm doing my best to have my own business. Like the bank won't give me money. Like what am I supposed yeah. to do? So there's like a real tension there between like how people are trying to make ends meet and how they are impoverished yeah. and who is preying on them and who is like feeding off of them vampire style, right? These like yeah. awful politicians. Absolutely. Yeah. One thing I really liked was how, um, so they, you know, Veronica assembles these women who did not know each other um, yeah. to pull off this heist. And I like that this is not badass women doing it for themselves, like the typical right. narrative, because right. they don't appear like I can absolutely do all this shit because I'm a badass. Right. Like these women are not confident uh, that they can do and Alice that they can do this. Um, neither of them. Alice has a very interesting arc because a lot of it is her breaking out of the abuse. Like she has an abusive mother. She had an abusive yep. husband and she's letting herself be pushed around by Veronica up until she's not letting herself be pushed around anymore. She sort of weaponizes her uh, victimhood uh, when she asks for a woman to help her at a gun show to purchase guns. Yes. Um, yes. I love that scene. I, I love that love scene it. so much. She puts yeah. on a Russian accent and pretends to be a mail order bride to so that she can get the sympathy of this lady uh to help her get uh guns and and you can see her character really develop from this like i i'm dependent on people and yes. on men um 
to to exist to you know becoming to her independence but it's not a very clear cut pretty trajectory and from a movie that has so much happening and that is this short when it comes to like just like the time that they have to really explore these narratives i felt like this was a very interesting little snippet like it's not all there a lot of it you have to think for yourself and imagine yeah. but like yeah i like that this uh this the strength doesn't look like the stereotypical uh Straight that we see in characters like the ones uh, that Michelle Rodriguez is used to playing. And that was interesting because I found an interview that Michelle gave uh, Michelle, my uh, close personal friend, gave to (laughs) Vanity Fair. And she said that she originally said no to the role because Mm -hmm. she didn't want to play. And I quote, a weak bitch. Um, like she thought that her character, yeah. who is not traditionally the the characters that we see her portraying, which have these super tough exteriors, right? Who are just very the classic, the one woman cast among the guys to right. prove that women can be hard asses too, right? That's very much her branding in Hollywood. So she sees a character uh, like the one that she has in the movie, and uh, which whose name I completely forgot now, but and she Linda, yes, and yes, she, Linda. Yeah. She doesn't see that strength. And I thought it was very interesting because uh, she talked about this idea of soft power. And um, I'm going to quote from the interview because I thought it was very interesting. She said, it was my ego, basically, uh, Rodriguez said during a recent interview near her home in Venice, California. My idea of strength is a demonstrative exaggeration of male qualities, assertive, independent, always making the right decisions, never letting anybody swindle you. I didn't see the strength in these women. I was like, why would I want to play a weak bitch? Why would I want to play the reality of poverty in the ghetto? I grew up like that. Um, And then- in a separate little piece she says uh rodriguez was certain there was nothing mcqueen could say to her steve mcqueen the director that would convince her to do this movie it's called widows and you're talking about female empowerment the entire title is about a man she said but with widows uh uh mcqueen said he wanted to put real women on screen so he talked to rodriguez about poverty and what female strength really looks like in neighborhoods where it persists I had this big self-reflective moment, she said, of the conversations. I looked at myself and I saw the surface layer paper mache creature with no dimension. And I said, I need to do this movie. It will help me see the beauty in my mother, the beauty of all those women that I felt sorry for growing up. Uh So this is very, very interesting. And she goes on to talk a little bit about the idea of soft power and like, uh, the strength in this women who had to raise kids by themselves, um, in these places where, uh, you know, these places, the, she says the, where the machismo through the roof and, um, you know, sort of how she had to sort of change her mindset to see the strength in that instead of pitying that, which yeah. she had seen for herself. And I thought that was very interesting. And I thought that really speaks to the whole theme of the movie. Um, there was also a little time uh, review that I felt that had a very good sort of little line about it, which they said, the women of widows get things done, not because they buy you can do anything bathroom mirror bromides, but because they don't. <laughs> yeah. They have yeah. to sell the idea of self-confidence to themselves because that's mostly how self-confidence works. It's a self-renewing resource, not a fountain with an auto pump. That's true, not just for women, though it often seems that men have an easier time latching onto the idea. And I was like, yes. God, yeah. God, yeah. Honestly, I'm like, I'm like nodding. You can't see this because it's radio, obviously, but I'm like nodding along like, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I just read a bunch, but 
no, you you did great. These are amazing quotes. Thank you for for finding them and for reading them. I you know, and I as I've gotten older, I've also like you know have much 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 more of an appreciation for this. Even though I'm like a fairly you know I would I would call myself masculine of center woman. I, I also am like have gotten to appreciate that so much more as I've kind of gone through life and stopped being as like sexist in my own right, right? Like having that that sense of like girly girls, whatever, who cares? And like, you know, doing that because of whatever reason in, in my own kind of background. So it's like, yeah, absolutely fuck yeah. And it's also kind of <laughs> wild, right? To think about like, you know what her idea of power is? Versus other people who are hurting other people, who are shitting on other people, who are, like, eating other people alive. Mm -hmm. Her idea of power is just having her business and, like, providing for her family. Like, this character's idea, not Michelle Rodriguez, but Linda's idea of being Mm -hmm. powerful is saying, I want my kids to know, you know, she says this before the job. Like, if it goes bad, I want my kids to know I didn't just sit there and take it. Like, that's fucking beautiful, and that is powerful. You know what she does with her money? She legitimately buys her business back. And he's going to now run it and now be a businesswoman and a mother and, like, be proud of herself for that. And that's, like, that's kind of amazing. Like, what these women do with their cut is kind of, it's kind of incredible. None of them are trying to run for alderman and fuck everybody else over and take a cut from everybody else and make everybody else pay protection money. They're doing their own thing. Like, their power is being independent and not having to rely on a shitty-ass man who beats Mm -hmm. them or uses their family money to gamble. Right. Like that's exactly that's it. what it is for them. It's independence. It's actually being able to have the resources to live independently and find their own kind of happiness, which. Yeah, that's amazing. Listen, I don't like capitalism. <laughs> so I guess that's always the, com- the the thing there. Right. But it's like, no, they're they're not trying to, like, participate in capitalism in this, like, vampiric way. They're trying to yeah. just do their own thing and be themselves and get whatever happiness they can out of the world, yeah. uh, which is like that's. That's what because the that's true power, right? Like a lot of the times, um, you know, when we talk about, for instance, abusive relationships, uh, yeah. analysis is represented in a violent way, but not necessarily, as we know, abuse needs to be physical to be uh, happening. But um, yeah, he also provided for her. And a lot of the times when we see those real life dynamics and like, you're like, I, yeah, capitalism yeah. sucks. Uh, fuck this. I, this is a yeah. horrible system. That's not working for everybody. And I wish this is, wasn't our reality, but it is. And a yeah. lot of the times we see women stuck in cycles of abuse because uh, there are no financial conditions to escape it. So it no is choice. a very real yeah. thing. Yeah. So as much as for me as a middle class uh, left leaning lady who didn't have a, a day of like, actual poverty in her life it would be easy yeah. for me to just be like ah but at the end of the day like they're getting money whatever like right you know like oh it's just a million who needs a million dollars like no this is like what actual power looks like in the yep. real world and i like you like as i grew up i feel like that switched a little in my mind like as a teenager it's easy to look at like alice from resident evil right like in her right. awesome <laughs> dress and combat boots like killing zombies and think oh this is the peak of female strength right like this is <laughs> sure. this is a peak of just like a woman uh being a badass and then over the years as i've come to learn that life is shitty and hard (laughs) and I don't have any children and some days I'm like what am I gonna do I just want to like crawl up in a bed and cry all day and not exist and I can afford to do that because I have a comfortable existence and no kids Uh, 
the more I, I live in this world and grow older, I look at a woman who has no support and who has to be strong for herself and for her children. And that to me is like the ultimate fucking badassery. And that is yeah. the toughest thing a person can do. Yeah. It's to exist in a society that doesn't want you to exist by yourself. You know, as much as times are changing and of course they are, things are better or, you know, at least superficially better for women now than they were 20 years ago. But it's still like, to me, that really is the soft power. To me, it's kind of like the most uh, enduring and the most impressive kind of power. So I absolutely understand Michelle Rodriguez and her reflection. Uh, and this interview is interesting because she talks also about her, like she worked with an acting coach for this one because she was like, I don't oh, know how wow. to be vulnerable. I don't know how to like... Uh, play a role that isn't me with a bunch of guys uh, blowing <laughs> up, basically. <laughs> she didn't say it in those words, but... I really um, admire her. Like, dude, fucking... Hell yeah, amazing. I know where Michelle Rodriguez appreciation, at least, you know, again, she ain't perfect, nobody's perfect, but still, appreciation for Michelle. Absolutely. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> I love that it's, she's like, give me some help. Listen, I'm I'm used to kicking everybody in the face. Give me a little help here. <laughs> <laughs> no, and the, the director McQueen said like he didn't ask her to do it. He didn't mm. think she needed the, the lessons or whatever. And she was yeah. like, no, nah, maybe, maybe I should. I will just read this little quote from the interview because I feel like we can all appreciate it. Um, yeah. She talked about like uh, the difference of working in a set with women when she's used to being like the lone girl among the <laughs> dudes in a set. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm officially bored of men's opinions about women, she said. <laughs> Talk to me about science. Talk to me about physics. Talk to me about the economy. But do me a favor and shut the fuck up when it comes to women. So, yeah. Again. Michelle. Again, she's great. I love her. She's great. Uh, she's, she's done some shit, but uh, we're going to have to. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, again, nobody's perfect. I know. Yeah. I'm not going to try to say she's perfect. It's just. That's a great quote. <laughs> That's a really good quote. And I also, I just want to give the tiniest appreciation for like how weird this movie is allowed to be. <laughs> like this movie gets pretty fucking weird sometimes. And we've touched on like the tiny little, t it's an intense movie. It goes to some incredibly dark places. It goes to some really hard places. And it does have that, that touch of humor sometimes. But like that scene where she is pretending to be like an architect's assistant and goes to the architect's house whose wife died and they cry and make they make out. out and she le That's a really, really intense scene. And that's so real. Like, I just yep. want to have one moment of like, we see grief in different ways in this movie, mm -hmm. right? We see grief in Viola Davis's performance in terms of that, like breathing, like getting it under control, like trying to yeah. get about your life, get about your day. We see grieving in terms of the, horrible abusive mother who's just like a man provides for you here's what you do like just being shitty and like thinking she's being great and offering solutions and we see grief here because grief can be fucking weird right yeah. like she obviously loved carlos she loved the husband i think she knew he was a piece of shit but she did love him and like she's sad about it and like just hearing from this this other guy that he had lost his partner and she lost her partner and they're just crying yeah so hard and then they start making out as if they're like about to have sex on that couch and then she's just like yeah. oh my fucking god sorry 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 and like runs out and it's like that felt so very real to me in terms of yeah. like yeah people experience grief and sometimes it doesn't look 
traditional, you know, whatever yeah, traditional right. people aren't always just going to cry into a hanky for a few months and look sad. Like maybe they're going to be horny and maybe they're going to find a connection in the weirdest moment of their life. And maybe yeah. that kind of shit just happens. And like, I just really appreciate that about this movie that it's like willing to be a little weird like that. It's willing to do these tone changes. It's willing to kind of have different framing choices. Mm-hmm. Like with that car scene, like it's willing to be a little weird because life is pretty fucking weird. And like just having that little bit of realism helps. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I liked that a lot, actually. It was a, a very, I, I agree with you. And I like when they do this because again, like we're so used to seeing grief uh, portrayed as like sliding down a wall while crying. Right. And Michelle said it herself in the interview. She was like, I could under, like talking about her, like I could understand crying. I couldn't understand just making out with a random dude. And it's like, yes, but, but you can't like, I'm going to go back to just random example. The movie that I really fucking hate by the guy who did the Green Knight, uh, Ghost. There's one scene in which uh, the Rooney Mara character is grieving and she eats like a whole cake. And the scene is just a shot of her eating the cake. And as much as I hate the movie, I thought that scene was amazing. Because it's like, yeah, you're grieving and you see a cake and then you just eat a whole cake. Like sometimes that's what happens. Yeah. Right. So I agree with you. I li- I like the weird, like quirky little touches, like having um, Veronica take Olivia the dog with her everywhere, <laughs> yeah. and the dog is just walking around. And the dog ends up being uh, who finds out that Harry's yes. still alive. Uh, Very important to the plot. Yep. Yeah. Even yep. though we don't necessarily understand at that point whether Veronica actually knows Harry is alive. And speaking right. of uh, Veronica and Harry, like one thing that I wanted to mention that. I love how the movie opens with them sharing the like most tonguey kiss in the history of movie <laughs> <know>. kisses. That's <laughs> true. I just saw that tongue going all the way there. I'm like, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. It showed the, the passion, of course, in their marriage. But even bigger than that, um, since we, we didn't even talk that much about uh, Viola, but she talked about how with Annalise Keaton, when she got the uh, the Emmy, uh, in her speech, she, she talked about, um, this is a quote from a, a, an interview that uh, a write-up in Netta Porte. Uh, the only thing that separates women of color from anyone else is opportunity. You cannot win an Emmy for roles uh, that are simply not there. So here's to all the writers, uh, the awesome people that are Ben Sherwood, Paul Lee, Peter Nowak, Shonda Rhimes, people who have redefined what it means to be beautiful, to be sexy, to be a leading woman, to be black. Because it really is like we see this uh, older black woman uh in bed with a white guy who's known as an action hero and they're like making out passionately. Yeah. And this is just a thing that a couple does. And you're not like, yeah. you know, like this is just a normal couple thing to do. It establishes sort of an idea that their marriage was alive, that there was passion. So like, I feel like this really establishes the blueprint for her grief. Yeah. Uh, but there is something to what she said. Uh, and she talked a lot about in this interview with Annalise that she had a tough time uh, even seeing herself in the light that Annalise Keating is portrayed. Cause there's a, there are a lot of sex scenes uh, yes. in the show. Because she was not used to uh, being a black woman of her age to be seen in that light and portrayed in Mm. that light as like just a normal professor, sexual woman, because she's a professor in the show. Uh, So I I really love that opening scene for that. Um, 
but I just wanted to use that as a hoax to sort of talk about like this, the what what Viola Davis has said Absolutely. about these opportunities. And what she said there to me is very interesting because I feel like when we talk about um, pay gaps, right, and everything, like usually we talk a lot about women versus men, but we all know that the uh, abyss is larger when it comes to uh, men and, and women of color even. Yeah. When we talk about it, I think people really associate it with you know, this white guy in a chair being like, oh, I'm going to pay this this person less because it's right, a black right. woman and she deserves to be paid less than this white man. And it's like so not that at all. And especially yeah. when you're talking about Hollywood, um, you know, it's very ignorant to assume that it really is just a matter of like somebody making the decisions that this person needs to be paid more because it's a man. Or, oh, this is a more, exp it's a, a, the, the actual, the, the, the sort of thought, oh, this person is more experienced, therefore, obviously, they deserve more than this less experienced person. Like, how are you going to get experience and how are you going to get to that level um, if you're not having the opportunities, if you're not having the roles, if the characters that are the characters that are put in those places of being the big blockbuster leading actors, um, if they're not available to you? And it feels like now we can like accept women in roles like that, like to, I don't know, Wonder Woman or uh, Captain Marvel or whatever. Like there's yeah. more openness to sort of seeing women in those roles. But how many of these are being written with non-white, non-male characters in mind? Yeah. yeah. And beyond that, like how conditioned are we from birth to not think of a woman of color. And I mean, like all kinds, I'm not just saying, uh, we're talking about Viola's experience here as a black woman, but obviously this extends to, um, to all sorts of, 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 uh, ethnicities and nationalities and, and whatnot, but like how conditioned are we to not see those people, to just not automatically not think of them as the types of leading action characters or whatever it is that are worth all this money. It's yeah. very interesting to me to uh, to kind of reflect on that. And I, it's something I reflected while doing the, the search because I was like, I could just be like, oh, maybe I'm I maybe just women of color get paid much better than I was expecting. And this is why I don't see this many examples of the people being scandalized by giant pay gaps. But I tend to think that's <laughs> right? not the case and that maybe we're just like not as interested in discussing this with uh less less visible characters um to just close this thought out uh something that viola said uh, in this same interview with netta porte um the quote is here's the thing it's not about the oscars um that's her replying to a question by the reporter who asked about like all the nominations awarded to non-white artists um, after the 2017 Oscars So White campaign. Uh, here's the thing. It's not about the Oscars. It's about how we're included in every aspect of the movie-making business. When you look at a role as a director or producer this, that is not ethnically specific, uh, can you consider an actor of a color to invest in that talent? The problem is, it's not if it's not an urban or civil rights drama, they don't yeah. see you in the story. People need to understand that they shouldn't see people of color one way. We don't always have to be slaves or in the hood or fighting the KKK. I could be in a romantic comedy. I could be in Gone Girl or Wild. I could be seen in the same way as Nicole Kidman, Meryl Streep, Julianne Moore. I actually come from the same sort of background. I went to Juilliard. 
I've done Broadway. I've worked with the Steven Spielbergs. I should be seen the same way. That's what I think is missing. Imagination. And that's Absolutely. kind of why I like, and this is not speaking uh, specifically about widows, but it, I feel like it applies. It's a role that is centered on so many other aspects of this person's humanity. It seems like a fully fleshed out character who's very complex, who is really navigating the balance between a grieving wife, uh, you know, who also had a certain lifestyle. She probably deals with some level of guilt or responsibility over how she got to exist in her lifestyle and who has to now kind of lead these women in a way. And, and you can yeah. see the balance and the, 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 and she's already been grieving her son and you can see the balance between this really tough exterior and her sort of inner fragility. And we see that in the backgrounds. We see that, you know, in what seems to be her love for her husband, who again turned out to be a giant piece of shit with yep. the actual fuck Harry Liam. Yeah. God, yeah. But yeah, sorry. Went on yeah. a little bit. That's, Why would you be sorry? That was because like, I'm I, a woman and I say I'm sorry all the time. <laughs> Let us. <laughs> and I had said I'm this. sitting here <laughs> nodding. I'm like snapping. I'm trying not to do it, you know, so poor Paul doesn't have to take it out. But I'm like sitting here like, goddamn right. <laughs> Don't be because sorry. That's what I do. I end sentences with if that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, we're going to have the, probably the links for you. We've been uploading the, the, our notes and uh, transcripts when we talk about this. So you can look and read all this stuff uh, for yourselves. But, um, I think that all tied very interestingly with this movie, which I hadn't watched. So I'm just glad (laughs) it ended up being relevant to what we were trying to do, uh, with this week. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm, Honestly, I'm just so glad we watched it. <laughs> like, right? it, there are a lot of movies that we watch where I'm like, oh, I already know I like this. Or, oh, I know I'm going to like this type of thing. And, like, thrillers for me could go either way. Uh, like, I love a great thriller and I love an interesting thriller. But mm-hmm. for me, I get bored easily with thrillers. Especially yeah. if I'm, I, this I'm actually a little sorry for. But if something's, like, too hetero, I might just be like, yeah, <laughs> Sorry, I just don't get it. It was cool, man. Like, that's cool. I, I'm not shitting on it. I'm not saying, oh, it's a bad movie. It's just like, I just, seen wasn't, it. I just seen wasn't thrilled. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I'm i really glad we watched this. I'm really happy we watched it. And I'm happy we were able to, like, dig into it a little bit. I, I'm really glad. I, uh, I think we should probably move on to shelf life yeah. unless there was something else. But I, I also feel like what you just said was so strong and was so perfectly tied into our theme this week and how much we kind of wanted to, you know, kind of show something real. Like, I know when we kind of pick Payday May, that's like more of a fun theme. But this is like, no, yeah. we should also show the other side of this. And I'm, I'm glad we did. Uh, but yeah, we'll go there back was to some else. bullshit next week for sure. Right. Don't worry. We'll have bullshit again. We do both. We do both here. All right. We do bullshit Rage. and we do real shit. You know, it's the two things that people can do bullshit and real shit. So, you yeah. know, we try to try to do a bit of both. Like Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, exactly. Who may or may not be governed by a kind of cult leader type person. Uh, worried about goes that. By. I am worried about that. He's he's. He's too talented. He's too beautiful. Don't don't fall under anybody's spell, Daniel. Okay, like we, yeah. we care about you. <laughs> just look it Not up. Not like he's my uh, best friend. I just you know he's awesome, so I don't want him. If you're curious, look up Daniel Kaluuya and um, Air. What is her name? I forgot. Life. Air holiness. 
Um, oh, yeah. And yeah. Make, <laughs> and make her own conclusions. But like Daniel Kaluuya, uh, my imaginary boyfriend uh, with whom <laughs> I've uh, been in a roller coaster with Mariah Carey, we have range. That's what I was yeah. getting at. Yeah. We've got range. And like speaking of our range, we're going to shelf life where we decide Ooh. where on the range. I mean, range. All right. We're on the scale. I guess, but that's kind of a range. Yeah, we'll go with it. We'll go with that metaphor. Going with it. Going with it. (laughs) (laughs) This is where we decide where the movie belongs in our video store. If it's a bona fide staff pick, where it's displayed proudly, if it's a middle aisle placement, or if the deuce needs to dumpster out back, just like Harry. Now, if the movie was just Harry, it would, yeah, dumpster, yeah. for sure. Uh, but I think it's pretty fair to say this is not going to be a dumpster Mm-mm. pick. I, I think we're looking at probably middle aisle or, or even staff pick. And Fernanda, I want to open it up with you. How, how are you feeling about this one? Where should we put it in our video store? Oh, man. I, I started it thinking middle aisle. Yeah. I actually rated it seven on IMDb. But sure, now after our sure. conversation... My love for it blossomed. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm like, I feel like this is a better, it's for sure a better movie than I was expecting. Because I was expecting yeah. something a little like lighter and sillier. And I ended sure. up thinking about several things. Uh, but also, I feel like this is a movie I'll get to rewatch in a couple of years and be like, this is actually a pretty fucking good little, little thing. It's yeah. stylish. It's fun. It's profound. It's dark. I'll I'll put it on my, I'll put it on the shelf. I'll put it on the shelf. Yeah. I'll say it. I'll say it. It's a yeah. It's a staff pick for me. Just Absolutely. I I'm with you, and I actually kind of want to put it next to Hustlers. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> I don't right. know if this is being facetious, but I'm honestly like, I just feel like they're talking about some of the same things with just right. such a different tone and just such a different approach. But like both of those approaches are completely valid. You know, like, so yeah, Paul is saying double feature. I'm with it. I think it's a staff pick. I think this one yeah. is like right up there in what it says and how it says it. It's nothing is perfect, of course, but it's yeah. very, very good and very well done. And yeah, I also like, I, like I said, I got really worried that the twist was going to happen. That it was going to kind of fall apart. And instead it got better. And like yeah. when that happens, when a movie can pull off like a twisty twist and actually get better and kind of reinforce its themes even more. And when those themes are as valid as these themes mm-hmm. are about like, yeah, let's let's show these women finding their strength, like fucking yeah. right on. Like, yes, my, right on. My one criticism <laughs> would be that sometimes it gets com- too complicated. Like there's sure. so much going on at the same there's time. There's a lot. Like, yeah. So many characters, so many storylines that you feel like not all of them are fully fleshed out by the end of it. But yeah, to me, that yeah. still doesn't take away from the movie. And, and like, you know what? You can read your own meanings and picture your own endings to, th- to some things. Yeah, too. absolutely. That's absolutely. no crime. I would yeah, have liked be a like, little more Bell, but like, you know, I yeah. get it. <laughs> By the way, sure. if you haven't watched Roar on Apple uh, TV, she's in, uh, she's the lead in one of the episodes. Um, oh, the awesome. Actress. And she plays a very, very different character. Uh, it's very, 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 very interesting. Her episode is like, wild uh and so i oh, recommend that but i would be we could be like put hustlers in this one and be like if you want to hate men a little bit <laughs> like a little like respectfully 
Um, maybe yeah. watch these. Do a double. If you want to hate bad men, if you want to hate bad men, because these are bad yeah. men, right? These are yeah. these guys are assholes. Other than Bash, again, Bash yeah. is all right. I don't think Bash did anything wrong, but like, yeah. And yet he died, and yet he Poor met Bash. met the maker. So Bash Bash met his 1985 bears. Like, unfortunately, <laughs> not the way he wanted to. But yeah, he, poor Bash. Justice for Bash. The only Justice good man. The only non-toxic <laughs> man in this movie was Bash. I don't remember Amanda's husband, though. Maybe he was. Who knows? Yeah, you know Amanda's what? Amanda's the toxic one because she was the one fucking Harry. Right. Exactly. I guess in that couple, she was the one who sucked. Like, that's possible, too. So. Yeah, it's all complex. It's all complex. Um, but yeah, awesome. Well, I, I love it. I'm glad we got another staff pick. We we have just, we contain multitudes and it makes me happy. You know, it makes me happy. What a good video store we have. <laughs> yeah, we just, we just need to put more shit in that dumpster. Yeah. We'll get there. I'm sure we will. Well, listen, I was I was ready to put Batman in there. So that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you were talked out of it. Uh, but let's see. We'll, was, I'm yeah. sure we'll find some terrible shit next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't worry. Well, I'm sure we stay I'm sure tuned. Payday may. <laughs> stay tuned. We yeah, will compensate tuned. for our thorough enjoyment of this week uh, yeah. by picking some bad shit for next week. Goodness. Yeah, don't worry. I'm not worried. This is our store. I'm happy about it. Um, But thank you, dear friends, for listening. That's what we have for you this week. I want to say thank you to my co-host, of course, always. Thank you, Fernanda, for joining me. Thank you at home for listening. Thank you to our producer, Paul. Dollar signs and empty promises to my own. Very good, Paul. That's fantastic. Uh, For all the help in making the show not only not suck, but also kind of rule. We hope you come back to your friendly neighborhood video store next week as we continue Payday May. We don't know what we're doing yet, but don't worry. Just come back. And if you do like the work that we do and you want to show us, you know, show us a little love, show us some support, you can do so by rating or reviewing our show on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Spotify so we can hopefully get on more listeners' radars because, you know, these VHS rewinders break all the time and they are not cheap. So, you know, we appreciate the support. It helps us a lot. Uh, you can check out our other podcasts over at fanbyte.com slash podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media, Instagram at Fanbyte, TikTok on Fanbyte, and of course on fanbyte.com. And you can watch our streams on twitch.tv slash fanbyte. So, Fernanda, where can people find you, by the way? They can find me on Twitter, uh, though I haven't been as active there, at Nanda Prates underscore, that's N-A-N-D-A-P-R-A-T-S underscore, or I am much more active on my Instagram stories where I post bullshit all day. So if you like bullshit, <laughs> that's a place for you to be at. And it's just <laughs> Nanda Prates without the underscore on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you very much. Our producer, Paul, is on Twitter at Polly Mayo. I'm on Twitter at Danielle R.I. And you know what? You can also email us at podcasts at fanbyte.com. If you have questions, if you have comments, if you have cool ideas, we'd love to hear them. We are very open to uh, hearing all about y'all. So thank you so much. And until next time, you love to see it. <laughs>